1: Okay, here we are for session 24, where we will be taking a look at chapter 14, uh, the introduction through section 4 today. So let's just uh, center ourselves for a few moments, allowing the Holy Spirit to step forward, and we step back. Amen. Okay, so we're starting a new chapter uh, this time. The chapter is chapter 14, Teaching for Truth, page 270. And so he starts off with the introduction, You are blessed indeed. What more would we want than that, to know that we are already blessed? Uh, And then he says, Well, in this world we don't know it. We don't realize that we are blessed. But we have the means for learning it and seeing it, he says. So the Holy Spirit is there. He's going to use a, a logic logic as well as the ego, <laughs> except, isn't this funny, he Says his conclusions are not insane. So he's gonna point us to heaven. That's his job. The ego points us to hell, basically, if we wanna look at it that way. So all we have to do is follow what he calls the simple logic of the Holy Spirit because what he teaches is, is, is the simple conclusions that speak for truth and only truth. Sorry, I might as well just read that whole paragraph. <laughs> really. <laughs> wasn't very long. Anyway, so that's where we're, that's where we're heading. We're, we're learning. We're going to be learning and learning about the truth in, in this uh, beginning of this chapter here. So here we go. Section 1, Conditions of Learning. So coming off of that introduction where he says, well, you know, you're blessed and if you're blessed and you don't know it, well, now now you've got to learn it. you got to learn this idea that you're already blessed. We can't learn to bless, too, is what he's telling us. Well, if you offer blessing, well, then you have to know that it was within you to begin with, that we were already blessed. Same thing with offering complete forgiveness, he says. You must let the guilt go. Accepting the atonement, remember the undoing of the illusion, the undoing of the fear, undoing the guilt. We do that and we know we're guiltless. So it's all this, we've talked about this before, this all-encompassing giving and receiving uh, as the same. So paragraph two is going on about logic. An indirect proof of truth is needed. Sentence four, he says, if you decide to have and give and be nothing except a dream, you must direct your thoughts unto oblivion. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And if you have and give or everything, all this has been denied, your thought system is closed off. So we're separated from the truth. And he's telling us, guess what, folks? This is an insane world. Don't underestimate. God, I'm tripping over my tongue today. Don't underestimate the extent of its insanity. There's no area of your perception that it has not touched and your dream is sacred to you. That's why Holy Spirit's here. So we can't just hold on to this one little part of the illusion over here. You know, in our minds or have this favorite candle here that I'm dropping everything. You know? It's like, no, everything is an illusion. The... The murders and the tornadoes and things like that an illusion, but so is the sunrise. So are the stars in the sky. That's hard to believe, though. Our pets—we were just talking about our pets right, right before we started today. Same thing. Our pets are an illusion, you know. But what we do is we remember the love. You know, that's the lo- It's the love that connects us, right? So the Holy Spirit will help us, you know, in, in, through the dream. And so He says, "Seeing is outward." He said, were your thoughts wholly of you, the thought system you made would be forever dark. So the thoughts of our mind, God's son, that's who we are, projects or extends from us. We have that power. What are we going to choose? Here's that choosing again, right? You see how we keep going over these same ideas (laughs) over and over again. Now we're we're back. What are we going to choose to see? And he says, the thoughts he shares with God are beyond his belief, but those he made are his beliefs. So when we join with God, those are the beliefs that are really within us. Everything else, talking about health and death and things like that, just a little while before we started, same thing. Those are the beliefs that we made. That we think the body can die, whether it's our body or our pet's body or whatever, we think that that can happen. We don't realize that the love is continuous and will never change in any way. So we choose to defend those beliefs, those illusions, instead of knowing the truth. But I have to keep this going. Talking keeping pets going in old age it's like oh, I have to keep this going I'm afraid to let this pet go I'm afraid to let it go because those are my beliefs and really it's to help us stay at peace we're thinking well if my, uh, if my pet if I keep my pet alive not that there's anything wrong with doing that okay there's nothing wrong with doing that but if we're not really working with the Holy Spirit in our mind about it we could say well If I'm keeping this alive, then I don't have to face the inevitable, loss, perhaps guilt, fear, what would I do without this animal in my life, that sort of thing. But if we work with the Holy Spirit, we can know, okay, well, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to do whatever I need to do, to prolong the life a little bit more. And it doesn't matter what we do in form, it's how are we doing it, what's in our mind as we're doing it. that's what he always talks about. Where is our mind in it? So paragraph four, he says, any direction that would lead you where the Holy Spirit leads you not, goes nowhere. Once again, (laughs) if we're listening to the ego's Thought system, the fear, the guilt, all that, anger, judgment, criticism, blah, 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 then we're going nowhere. If we want to go somewhere. If we want that peace, it's not looking for it outside of us. You know, if everything was arranged outside of me, well, then I would be happy. No, I'm going to be happy when I choose it within my own mind. We have glimpses of happiness. You know, or we think when we make these changes in our in our world <laughs> that we're gonna be happy, but we're not. Because then there's always something else that needs done. Always something else that needs changed. So paragraph five, he says the Holy Spirit therefore must begin his teaching by showing you what you can never learn. His message is not indirect, but he must introduce the simple truth into a thought system which has become so twisted. And so complex, you cannot see that it means nothing. So he's going to show us. Are we willing to hear what he has to say? So he can show us that all this stuff that we look at, we believe in, we hold on to, our past, all these things, that it means nothing. Let him be that foundation for us. Do we want to keep deceiving ourselves? Keep lying to ourselves that we're not the Son of God? So let's let him teach us, right? And so to learn this, we go into our next section, right? Our next section is the happy learner. And so he says, I need you to be a happy learner. The Holy Spirit needs you to be a happy learner. Because that way, he could happily accomplish this. Holy Spirit's already happy. But he uses the, I think he uses words sometimes just to kind of pull at our heartstrings. You know, it's like, yeah, well, he wants to be happily accomplished in his plan. So we've been so devoted to misery is what he's telling us in this section, this first paragraph. It says, you who are steadfastly devoted to misery must first recognize that you are miserable. How can we make any changes if we don't even realize where we are? and how we feel. If we recognize, wow, I'm not happy, then I can do something about it. This is, uh, here's once again where it talks about the Holy Spirit teaches with, with contrast. So long we're, we're in that same drudgery day after day, we think that misery is happiness. We think getting those things out here in the world Those little glimpses of peace and happiness are going to fulfill us. And they don't. He says, so you're so confused. You don't know what to do with yourself. So if we learn from the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be happy. He says, have faith in nothing, sentence seven, and you will find the treasure that you seek. The treasure in quotes right if we keep believing supporting oh this pen is gonna make me happy (laughs) it's a red pen I can mark everything up I'm only going to find the misery right we think that's happiness right by believing in the world not that we don't go through the world and do the things that we need to do Driving in our cars. But we have to remember we're really driving nowhere. Right? (laughs) We're driving nowhere. We think we're going somewhere. But we're really going nowhere. Round and round in circles on the earth. It says, you will believe that nothing is of value and value it. A little piece of glass, a speck of dust, a body or a war are one to you. For if you value one thing made of nothing, you'll believe that nothing can be precious. And then that you can learn how to make the untrue true. I mean, look at the things that we worship. I could worship this pen. There was, um, uh, I watch Community, the, the, series, the comedy series Community, I love it. show. Uh, there was an episode, I think it was from last year where um, the one character I can't think of what her name is right now uh, but she lost her favorite pen and she wouldn't let any of the other people in her study group um, leave the room until everybody was searched (laughs) and they found her favorite pen and isn't that crazy don't we do those things though I mean maybe not to that extent where it's a comedy (laughs) but it always a comedy right because we forgot to laugh but there's things that we go crazy about We don't let people, um, there's things that we don't let go of in our life. People, places, things, pens, you know, until we have it our way. And that's how we can value anything in that. Paragraph two, Holy Spirit, seeing where you are, but knowing you're elsewhere, begins his lesson in simplicity. And what is that teaching? But the truth is true that only the truth is true and he goes i love this line in sentence three simplicity make sure you underline that right okay let's underline that together because i have it highlighted i'm going to underline it in a red pen here simplicity is very difficult for twisted minds we think we're twisted we think that simplicity is going to be difficult this is why i think it was a few weeks back that i did um, a very simple course uh, it's in the book too, where we make all these pages so hard. I can't understand this. But how many times have I said, okay, because this is what, week twenty-four? These things have recycled over and over again. You know, we, we'll do a a subject matter from here, and then when we're over here, we do it again. Same thing, just keeps coming over and over again. And so we have to take this down to the very basic premises it's simple only truth is true that's it the problem is we make it so complicated in our minds that's the problem he says we've made distortions out of nothing the strange forms the feelings the actions the reactions are all woven out of nothing he says nothing is so alien to you as the simple truth and nothing are you less inclined to listen to. You might want to underline that one, too. Nothing are you less inclined. We don't want to hear the truth. I mean, just think just generally in your life. Do we really want to hear the truth? If there's something that we're so caught up in, maybe it's a favorite politician, know, maybe they've done something wrong. Do we really want to hear that? It's like No, there's such a... Like John F. Kennedy, you know. Pretty much a god in this country, right? (laughs) But then, you know, as things were leaking out over the years, right? Womanizer, all these other things. It's like, wait, you're tearing down my hero. And that's exactly what he's doing. It's like, it's nothing. All these things that we have built up and we have worshipped, we've put in place of God. So then down to three in that Talisai's uh, piece, he says, The truth is true, nothing else matters, nothing else is real, and everything beside it is not there. Let me make the one distinction for you that you cannot make, but need to learn. Your faith in nothing is deceiving you. Offer your faith to me, and I will place it gently in the holy place where it belongs. You will find no deception there, but only the simple truth, and you will love it because you will understand it. And he says, the Holy Spirit is saying this to us in quietness. This might even be a prayer that you might want to use. Wow, only the truth is true. The Holy Spirit says, just give it to him. Everything that I am making up. So the Holy Spirit did not make the truth. He's just a witness to the truth. And he brings the light to us. Lets it shine on shines not only on us, it shines on everyone, our brothers. And the more that we realize it, and we share it, it doesn't mean we go around teaching it. Some of us may be teachers to do that. We may just be doing it by our demonstrations. The more we do that, then the more others will see it too. They still might be cranky, but there's a part of their mind that, that's touched by it. Because we're all one. You have to remember that. Even those cranky people. Even when we're cranky. (laughs) When we get up in the morning, right? Paragraph five. When you teach anyone the truth is true, you learn it with them. Here's that repeated lesson, right? We teach what we want to learn. We reinforce it for ourselves. That's why it's so important to keep practicing, to keep doing it, keep living it. He says, learn to be a happy learner. So when we're a happy learner, we're grateful, we're open, we're willing. Yes, I want to learn this. Maybe there's something that you, you, you've you wanted to learn, maybe maybe a cookie recipe or something. Always something you wanted to make. Like me, tiramisu, okay? <laughs> I love tiramisu. And I, I've always wanted to make it. Of course, with my gluten issue, um, I found a recipe. Was, yeah, it was Valentine's Day. Um, that was a gluten-free, you know, and I know that the store sells the gluten-free ladyfingers. And um, since I don't do dairy, you know, I got the vegan sour cream and the vegan cream cheese and everything. And when I soak those in and the coffee, chocolate raspberry coffee and, and everything. And, it, you know, there becomes an excitement. Always something you wanted to learn to do. And so take that excitement, you know, me with the tiramisu, and by the way, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ate it for days. Take that same excitement to learning the course and learning what Jesus wants us to learn. Be excited. Allow that sweetness to come in. So if you would be that happy learner, you have to give everything to the Holy Spirit. Just like we got to put all those ingredients in the bowl, right, into what we're making. Give it to the Holy Spirit, put it in the bowl, And the Holy Spirit mixes it all up and makes heaven out of it. (laughs) How about that? It's making me hungry for Terebis Okay, let's see. We were at six there. Um, Learn that the joyous lessons come quickly. On the firm foundation, the truth is true. When we become certain in that, there's joy. There's joy to it. So seven, happy learner meets the conditions of learning here as he meets the condition of knowledge in the kingdom. And so this is all in Holy Spirit's plan to free us from the past. All these things that we have made up in our mind. The judgments that we've had. These things that happened to us. I mean, can we touch the past? No, we can't touch the past. We can't touch what Susie Q said to us 20 years ago. We can't touch that. It lives on in our mind. That's the problem. So we give that over to him. Because he wants to free us from it. And he reiterates, truth is true. What else could ever be or ever was? This simple lesson holds the key to the dark door that you believe is locked forever. There's many times he uses this idea, idea of the key in the door. If you remember, there's a workbook lesson, and, and there's some other readings. You know, we have the key in our hand. And he uses this because we understand that. We understand having the key in our hand. And so the simple lesson holds the key to the dark door that you believe is locked forever. We made the door. Behind the door, there's nothing. The key is the light that's going to shine it away. I was watching, um, I like Disney cartoons. <laughs> I was watching Monsters Inc. because Monsters University is coming out right this summer. And, uh, and and I love it for kids, especially because, you know, as a kid, I mean, we probably all had that, right? Where, you know, the shirt, you know, in the closet, we thought it was a monster. And here it just kind of does it very playfully, you know, that we see that, oh, the monsters are are silly, you know, nothing to be afraid of. And, uh, and then certainly at the end, it ends up that their laughter gives them more power, right? than the fear isn't that interesting. The happiness, the joy, gives the monsters more power than when the children were afraid. And so we can be the happy learner and just laugh away at the illusion of the monster in the closet. And that's the key that he gives us by knowing that only the truth is true. And so our brothers don't realize this either unless we show by example. So behold your brothers in their freedom and learn of them to be free of darkness. And he says, well, the light in you is going to wake them up. And they will not leave you asleep. We're all waking up together.
0: You
1: know, to see there's no monsters in the closet. Nothing is going to frighten us and we can laugh at it. Then he ends, God is everywhere and his son is in him with everything. Can he sing the dirge of sorrow when this is true? So our next section is the decision for guiltlessness. And here we are on page uh, 274. So the happy learner cannot feel guilty about learning. This is so essential to learning that it should never be forgotten. Do not feel guilty about learning. How do we know? How do we know until we learn, right? I remember there was, um, it was a couple years ago, because I've always had this thing where, you know I, I should have known, should have known the answers to these, whatever it was. And so there was a time, somebody had sent us a Canadian check Some of you may have heard this story already. (laughs) And it was a $25 check. So I take it to the bank. And they wanted to charge me $25 to cash the check. It was a Canadian check. And I'm like, okay. And as I left, I felt like really guilty. And I felt like I should have known this. But I didn't. You know, I was able to observe myself and say, well, you didn't know. But sometimes we take that on like oh my god I should have known this or maybe I should have known what the book says in the course or you know known that the officer was gonna pull me over because I was going five ten miles over the speed limit or whatever whatever it may be I should have known this should have known I can't carry too many things at a time and I broke break the eggs now whatever it may be this is the happy learner cannot feel guilty about learning it's so essential that we shouldn't forget that. The guiltless learner learns easily because his thoughts are free. So in that instance, i just talk about that, that check with the bank. You know, being that I was being the observer, I could be more at peace, right? I'm more open to learning. Oh, I wonder what other checks they don't, you know, that they judge. Because I never run across it before, right? It's like, oh, well, I can be in a wonderment. I can be open that way. I could have turned around and said, oh, that bank, what the heck's wrong with them? Why did they charge $25? And I could have been angry. Instead, I can choose it as something different. So it's being recognizing our guiltlessness. And so two, he says, perhaps you're accustomed to using guiltlessness merely to offset the pain of guilt. Do not look upon it as having value in itself. If you believe that guilt and guiltlessness are both of value... Each representing an escape from what the other does not offer you. You, Oh, he's telling us we believe that. Sorry, I was making that a question. (laughs) Uh, And he says, you don't want either alone. For without both, you do not see yourself as whole and therefore happy. You're whole only in your guiltlessness. And only in your guiltlessness can you be happy. So we're guiltless, we're innocent, is another way to say that. And three, he says, well, you can't make a compromise with guilt. You can't be guilty some of the time or certain things. <laughs> it's like you're either guiltless or you're not. If you think you have some guilt, then you're thinking with the ego's mind. So at the, uh, let's see, starting with three, because he's going to give us something to kind of use as a prayer or uh, as a saying, affirmation for ourselves. He says, whenever the pain of guilt seems to attract you, Remember that you, if you yield to it, you are deciding against your happiness. Okay, so noticing I'm feeling guilty, whatever it is, dropping the eggs, bank, whatever it is. If I keep going down this path of guilt, I'm not going to be very happy. I'm not going to learn how to be happy because I'm going to keep following in the guilt. So now he says, Well, say therefore therefore, to yourself gently, but with the conviction born of the love of God and of his Son. And so we say this, What I experience, I will make manifest. If I am guiltless, I have nothing to fear. If I choose to testify to my acceptance of the atonement, Oh, I choose. Why do I keep making it a question? Sorry about that. I choose to testify to my acceptance of the atonement, not to its rejection. I would accept my guiltlessness by making it manifest and sharing it. Let me bring peace to God's Son from His Father. So that's something that you can use. You can highlight that. You can type it up on a card and remind yourself because how do we how do we learn this? Well we learn it by we keep doing it. We keep practicing it. We keep reminding ourselves however way we need to do that. So he says in paragraph four that each day, each hour, every second We're deciding between the Crucifixion and the Resurrection. Between the Ego and Holy Spirit. And just because we're doing the Course, doesn't mean the Ego diminishes and the Spirit gets greater. They're both always speaking. It's which one are we listening to more? That's what it is. The Ego is always going to be chattering away. Do I choose to listen to the Ego? Or am I choosing to listen to the Spirit? So we're either guilty or guiltless, bound or free, unhappy or happy. It's your choice, which one you choose. So the miracle teaches you that you've chosen guiltlessness, freedom and joy. It is not a cause, but an effect. It's the natural result of choosing bright. I want happiness. I'm going to choose miracle. I'm going to choose the help, the assistance to shift me out of it. So if we keep attacking people, well we've made that choice with the ego. Paragraph six, every chance is given us to heal everything that comes along. We have an opportunity, have the opportunity to choose between darkness and light or fear or love once again, what are we going to choose? And it's not to judge these situations that come along. They're just situations. Don't make the judgment on it. It's like, I really wanna, I really want peace out of this situation. I really want to love myself out of this situation. I don't want to react the way I typically have. You know, maybe going crazy. <laughs> Not that I've never done that. (laughs) and I have. I have. (laughs) I've had my reactions. So, seven, the way to teach a simple lesson is merely this. Guiltlessness is invulnerability. Therefore, make your invulnerability manifest to everyone. Teach him that whatever he may try to do to you, your perfect freedom from the belief that you could be harmed shows him that he is guiltless. So no matter what, you cannot be harmed certainly this doesn't mean don't protect your body certainly protect your body because we're pretty tied into the body you know just if someone says something to you calls you a name just just ignore it I had that happen recently you know being the leader of anything you're bound to be projected upon and um, this woman sent me an email and, and did that and and I, I had known that she had been causing some issues in some programming uh, that we had. And and from my conversations with her, it seemed like probably some help was needed <laughs> in the situation, maybe some uh, therapy or whatever. And the thing is, is you know, one of the things that she wrote, it's like not to take those things personally. It's like, this is someone calling for love We answer it with love and I felt guided to suggest to her that she gets assistance with her issues. Now, I don't know how she took that and it's not up to me to find out or to follow through unless Holy Spirit would guide me. At this point it was just to speak my truth. And that's what I did. And we don't know what we're called to do. You know, I I had tried to talk with her and it was just she was so much in the darkness that she didn't want to hear what was being said and she decided she wanted to move, move on and it was like okay that's what your choice is that's fine but i'm not going to teach you that you can hurt me in any way nor am i going to teach you that you can be harmed either in any way. so we have to remember those things when we're dealing with people guilt isn't of god teach the hero is again paragraph eight teach no one he's hurt you for if you do you teach yourself that is not of god um you teach yourself that what is not of god has power over you so we take things personally in those emails those sorts of things we're allowing the other person to have power over us we're allowing the ego to have power over us and so we're making decisions by ourselves and the decision is wrong he tells us in the next paragraph So we need to be aware of what is our decision. Down to paragraph 11, it says, It will never happen that you must make decisions for yourself. You're not bereft of help. And help, capital H, knows the answer. So we always have the Holy Spirit to turn to. And the thing is, is, you know, I say that all the time, and people don't really realize that I mean it. (laughs) You know, if I have an issue like with this this person that I just mentioned, I turn right to him and say, you know, look at this. Did you see this Holy Spirit? <laughs> Instead of calling up a friend and saying, did you see this? <laughs> did you see what this person did? Talk to the Holy Spirit about it first before you talk to anybody else. Talk to him. Tell him what's going on. Tell him how you're feeling. Just like you would have if you would have called up your friend. Do the exact same thing. Do you see this? Do you see what's happening? It's not making me feel very good. Right? I'm feeling angry or guilty or sad. or Certainly I'm peaceful. So I need his help and we are not bereft of help. He's never going to ask us what we have done to make ourselves worthy of God. Never. We already are worthy of God. So, don't escape that gift that God has given us. And he just keeps kind of going back and forth with um, Are you going to deny God's decision? You know, are you going to take that uh, the pitiful outlook of yourself? And he just kind of, Is that what you really want? You know, he's going to keep t- asking us over and over again. And he just says, Peace is going to abide in our minds if we just accept God's plan. And in 13, he says, every decision that we undertake alone is signifying to us what we think salvation is. And what would you be saved from? Do we think that the sack full of money is going to save us? Or do we think if we change our minds, that'll save me? So the Holy Spirit is our friend. He's our strong protector of the innocence within us. And then 14, let him therefore be the only guide that you would follow to salvation. He knows the way and he's leading us there. We can't do it alone. We need his help. 15, once again about the worth. Seek not to appraise the worth of God's son. We're already worthy. There's nothing we have to do to earn God's love. And then I love this paragraph 16. This is one, you know, if you saw my book here, I have it all written over and highlighted in green and everything. It says, say to the Holy Spirit only, decide for me. And it's done. His decisions are reflections of what God knows about you. And in this light, error of any kind becomes impossible. Why would you struggle so frantically to anticipate all you cannot know? When all knowledge lies behind every decision the Holy Spirit makes for you. Learn of his wisdom and his love and teach his answer to everyone who struggles in the dark. For you decide for them and for yourself. So I don't know, Holy Spirit. Make the decision for me. I'm not going to make this decision by myself. And we'll see this reoccurs in about another 16 chapters.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> in chapter thirty, one one of the ones that a lot of us talk about, right? The rules for decision. It's like, no, let the Holy Spirit decide for me. So When we decide all things through him, things are going to be different. Trust him to answer. He will. And I love this line, with love for everyone who will be touched in any way by the decision. Everyone will be taken care of. And not in the way we think. We think, oh, that means everything's going to go perfectly for everyone. There may be some lessons for people. That we don't know but it's not our it's not up to us to give those people lessons <laughs> in any way it's all going to be for our benefit so at the end here of uh, this section and we still have one more section to go he says uh, whenever you are in doubt what you should do think of his presence tell yourself this he leadeth me and knows the way which i know not yet he will never keep from me what he would have me learn and so I trust him to communicate to me all that he knows for me and then let him teach you quietly. He says that frequently. You know, say this and then let him quietly teach you. That means say it and then shut up and listen is what it means. Is really what it means. So we have one more section here. It's not too long. Section 4, your function in the atonement So here we go. Here's our function. Perfect love. When we accept our brother's guiltlessness, innocence, we're going to see the truth in them, right? We're going to see perfect love. And then proclaiming it by seeing it, right? You'll make it yours. We'll see that we're one and the same. Seeing our brother's guiltlessness is our atonement that's the joining will be coming at one so when we do this we see it within ourselves we belong to the first cause created by god and we're guiltless now here we go we're going to keep talking about this guiltlessness that we are it's the only condition in which which was the state of guiltlessness is the only condition on paragraph two sentence two is the only condition in which what is not there has been removed from the disordered mind that thought it was. So we're getting to that state of guiltlessness, that innocence. And, And until we get rid of that, we're going to still think we're separate from God. And then he says, well, you can perhaps feel his presence next to you, but you cannot know that you are one with him. If we're still holding that little bit of guilt. And then when we let all that. Has blocked the truth for us. In our mind. Because in our holy mind. Let it all be. Depleted. We'll know God. That's all he knows. Is to give of himself. And that's what we learn, too. That's our function, to forgive while we're here on this earth. So down to four. God breaks no barriers because he didn't make them. <laughs> We've talked you know, about what obscures our sight, the barriers to love, the obstacles to love. He didn't make those obstacles. Guess who made those obstacles? it was us we did it so i love the top of the page here 280 says decide that god is right and you are wrong very simple god's right i'm wrong i'm gonna listen to what he has to say here also that no one can be without his holiness once again we're all one we're all brothers equally keep doing that keep loving everybody Paragraph 5, before you make any decisions for yourself, remember that you have decided against your function in heaven. And then consider carefully whether you want to make decisions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you really want to make these decisions? You don't know what you're doing. Your function here, my one underline is, is only to decide against deciding what you want in recognition, recognition that you do not know. I don't know anything. I'm not going to make any decisions. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to do that. He speaks for God. He knows what to do. I don't. And it says, I've put an awful burden on myself by not loving the Son of God. That doesn't mean just our brothers. It means ourselves. Because we're the Son of God too. So when you have learned how to decide with God, all decisions, I love this, become as easy and as right as breathing. I mean, we don't focus on our breathing, Right? Unless I'm doing a guided meditation with everybody and I tell you, to focus on your breathing. But we just breathe, right? You know, as I'm talking here and you're sitting there. We're just breathing. And that's how our decisions are going to be when we give it up to Him. It will be natural. The Holy Spirit will not delay in answering your every question what to do. He knows and He will tell you and then do it for you. You will find this restful. But what happens if it seems like he hasn't answered me? It's like, are you really listening? That's the block. We're blocking hearing what he has to say. It's not that he's not speaking to us or he hasn't answered us yet. You know, He hasn't returned our phone call. He returned it instantly. It's just we haven't played the message. <laughs> That's what we have to remember. Let's think. be willing to hear. Get the obstacles out of the way to listening to his message. Open up your ears. So listen. If you would but listen and learn how impossible this is, we put that guilt in the way. Let go of the guilt. Paragraph 8 on the next page. Your task is not to make reality. You who have tried to throw yourself away and valued God so little, hear me speak for him and for yourself. You cannot understand how much your Father loves you. There is no parallel in your experience of this world that is going to help you understand He loves us that much. He loves us beyond that. Nothing on this earth can compare to God. So the atonement is, was established as a means of restoring the guiltlessness to minds that have denied it. Or you could say that have felt guilty. That's the atonement's job. The Holy Spirit, who remembers this for you, merely teaches you how to remove the blocks. Here we go again. Blocks, obstacles, barriers that stand between you and what you know. The memory is yours. If you remember what you have made, you are remembering nothing. Remembrance of reality is in him and therefore in you. So like with hearing the Holy Spirit's answer, the answer is already there. We just don't want to hear it. And we don't want to know God's love. And at the end, only the Holy Spirit can answer God for you. For you, only He knows what God is. So you can't ask anyone else what God is because only the Holy Spirit knows. So we want to have that communication with the Holy Spirit because we want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. And that's us. <laughs> so, okay, so that ends our session for this week. So session 25 will be still in chapter 4. Section 5 through 9, so the circle of atonement, the light of communication, sharing perception with the Holy Spirit, the holy meeting place, and the reflection of holiness. Some good sections coming up. So thanks so much for joining with me. Namaste. (music)